From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Here we go. Hour number two. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Vince Noble, Bill George, and Slick hanging out with you on this beautiful Saturday morning. It'd be a good day to get out and go play around, that's for sure, because the only rain we're really expecting is inland, so it'd be a good day to be out beachy or go out and go do some fishing, that kind of thing. It's going to be a light wind today, so uh, it'll be uh, a nice one. You're going to be heading out. Are you fishing? Are you cruising? What are you uh, doing? We're, doing, later, we're gonna do an island uh, cruise today. Island charter. Island charter. Yes, sir. Anchor down. Let him go play on the island for about three hours. That'll be uh, really nice. Okay. It's a beautiful thing. Just go hang out for the day and play in the sun. Make sure Pr- you take lots of sunscreen with you. It's Pretty gonna much. Quite, uh, it's gonna be quite nasty out there. I know one thing though. There's no bugs out there. Uh, yes, there are. Don't uh, even try it. Oh, I know. Those days where you want to rip your eyeballs and your eyelids off when uh, you're up next to the mangroves and those no-seams find your eyelashes. I don't know why they like to attack your eyelashes. It drives you crazy. They get in there in your eyes or on your forearms while you're fishing, and it's just like how something so tiny can cause that much excruciating uncomfortability <laughs> is, is, is incredible to me. Especially when uh, you're sitting there fishing and your 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 bait is out and your or you got one on or whatever it is and you're trying to reel it in and all of a sudden you're like, like wipe your five, eyes five of them get on your and you gotta take your hat off pull your sunglasses off ah! you know rub your <laughs> eyes as, as much as you can and itch them for another thirty five seconds and then like and then you lose the fish suckers yeah I hate those things. They are a pain. But, yeah, I, I, you know, curiosity. I mean, I've never been able to find anything that's decent for mosquitoes. The one that uh, I can't find the, the name of it. I have some at the house. I'm tr- I can see the label. I just can't I can't remember the name. I bug away or whatever it is. It's, uh, you know, Brian's company from down there in uh, in uh, Sanibel, Captiva area down there. He came up with it. It's a neem oil-based um, bug spray, and that stuff. Dude, I'm telling you, it works. It's unbelievable how well it works. You just spray a little on your hands, rub your hands together, and just wipe them over your your skin and over your head and and around your eyes on, and they're gone. And 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 it works on ticks, yellow flies, fleas, uh, whatever. I mean, everything. And uh, that's a beautiful. You need to get me that. Our buddy, uh, buddy Glenn. You know, that's what he uses because he can't use anything with uh, DEET or pyrethrum yeah. or anything like that in it because it just basically looks like you roasted him over a, a broiler for about oh, wow. 10 minutes it, it burns his skin and uh well, my it's thing really is like any any of the oils that i've ever put on or any type of the lotions that are supposed to do you know a b and c it gets me hot I, I get i get too hot this stuff uh the last time we really used it uh bill george will tell you uh, carlos was with us we were doing a remote and we had a lot of those little gnats they get around you and they just they're on your face they're in your ears they're just you know they're everywhere and I said, wait a minute, I got some in the in the truck. And I went and got it, sprayed it on. And you just rub a light coating over, and they were gone. And it was funny because huh. I'm sitting there, and as the sun was coming up, Carlos had wiped the side of his 
neck and his face and his ears to keep the bugs away. And above his hat, he had a hat on, was just like this swarm. This swarm of little gnats. You could actually see them. They were like looking for a place to land. They were like, this is the only safe spot we got right here. Maybe we can get through the... uh, Maybe we can get through the top of it if we just hang out here long enough. And uh, that's uh, one of those things where um, uh, it it just works. It's Bodyguard. That's the name of bodyguard. it. Bodyguard. Bodyguard Ultimate no CM uh, stuff. That we stuff works. We gotta, definitely got to get some of that. I have some at the house. I can't give it to you. Because we can I, try it. No, I had to purchase it for my sister. Um, out in Texas because she's out there. The bugs are carrying her away and during deer season and all that stuff. And, of course, when they're out fishing, too, along the coast, right? they get the same thing that we got. So um, I bought her a, a – she's out there with a the farm and uh, got some cows and stuff. So I bought her a big couple of bottles. They make one called Farm Guard that you can use on horses and cows and all that other stuff. That's the big difference is – that stuff you can use because it's natural. So if you're a beef producer or a milk producer or something like that. It's not like going to harm. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Send me, send me a picture of it when you get home. It's right there. But oh, as a there kid, a as a kid, right before all this funky stuff, what did you use for no Nothing. Yeah. Nothing? Nothing. I mean, seriously, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm from that generation where, you know, your parents would be out at the drive-in and they would go, okay. Close your eyes and hold your breath, and you're, you know, and they, you know, hose down your head with that, you know, deep woods off or whatever, and you got the mosquito coil, you know, smoldering on the dash of the car while you're sitting there uh, watching the movies at the drive-in, and it was just uh, horrible, horrible memories. So for, for me, it was. Uh what was that? Avon's uh, skin, skin so, so soft. soft. Yeah, skin that's so soft that stuff that. never worked. Did it never work for you for no seums, not no, for mosquitoes. No, for no, it didn't work for mosquitoes, and it certainly didn't work for no seums. We used to have to dump our uniforms. I can't remember the name of the kit. It's kind of like DEET, but it's like a military grade DEET, and you actually had to go like douse your uniforms in them. To that's re- straight up pyrethrum. That's pyrethrum. what they give you guys, man. Yeah. That's, that it, stuff is nasty. But there was like a vat you had to go, and you had to, every now and then you had to go dump your old uniforms into it, so that way you could like fight off the bugs because you get malaria. You can get malaria all over in the west, oh yeah, or in the east. So well, the, the, if you're spraying it on clothing, like Bill George says, if you, uh, I used to love to get the. Uh, there was one pyrethrum that was called. Um, God, what was it? It was an earth scent one that came in a little small spray bottle. I'd spray all my DK flatwoods and everything out in the garage and get it, you know, permeated on there and then just roll them up and keep them in there. And it smelled like dirt. So it was all good. And that stuff worked really good. Yeah. Permethrin, you can get it. There's a lot of different people who sell it that's already diluted in aerosol cans and that. You do not want that on your skin. You want to spray it on your clothes. Make sure it completely dries before you wear it. Otherwise, you you end up with a little few issues. But uh. I tell you how bad the military grade <laughs> stuff is. Don't you remember uh, the scene in uh, full not Full Metal Jacket, but in Platoon, where uh, where the uh, where the one sergeant was sitting there goes, "If I see you putting skeeter spray on the bottom of your feet again, you know, don't you remember? It would. God, it's been a long time. It I would know, cause it to. Uh, yeah, that stuff is. It's, yeah, it's not you good for you. You don't want that. But if you turn around and it's very expensive if you buy it 
in the aerosol can ready to use. You could go buy a complete jug of it at some of the, the ag <laughs> stores and dilute it yourself and then put it in a pump sprayer, and it, it, it's it's cheap that way. I, just, I don't know. I was looking at the prices of the, the body garden. They're, they're pretty inexpensive. Well, not only that, but it smells like Hawaiian Tropic. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it it doesn't smell like you've just walked out of the Dow Chemical Company uh, as the Joker. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's one of those things where uh, it smells very coconutty, very floral, and it's very nice. Hawaiian Tropics probably one of my top smells of anything in the world. Oh yeah, I mean all day, every day. Memories. <laughs> I want this like a the cigar smoke, the musty cigar smoke one. Come smell on. like we uh, we like why? a cigar because I like this way the cigar room smells. I'm sorry I like manly men smells. It's like yeah. a, a glass of scotch and a cigar. Yeah, Come I on, like Bill. the smell that there's attracts nothing, the girl. There's, there's, nothing wrong, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that in the right proper setting, but I think you're thinking in a different way that we are. I mean, Bill George will tell you, if you're sitting out in the woods, you probably don't want to smell like that. Uh, I, you think you. I want to smell like Hawaiian breeze in the middle of Florida trying to it's hunt a Hawaiian turkey? Tropic, first off. Hawaiian Tropic. And the thing is, is with These Hawaiian Tropic. These are the two that wanted coconut rum. Yeah. When I went up to the Panfish Challenge <laughs> one year, yeah. can I get you anything on the way? Yeah, I need get some Get some Malibu. I need some coconut a rum. Malibu. Malibu <laughs> over crushed ice. You can sit there and sip on it all night. It's all good. It's that's all, all, actually, that's all you know I'm what? saying. Yeah. I think I might get some Malibu tonight. That See? actually sounds good. See, when, it's when very tropical. To, when I went to the liquor store, the guy was like, "What? What lady are you buying this for?" No, it's for two guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of party are you going to? I, I won't. I won't deny you the taste of Malibu, but at the same time, like if I'm if I'm going out hunting. I'm probably not going out there to pick up chicks. Even if I'm going fishing, I'm probably not going out to pick up chicks. No, but you got to remember that vanilla, the vanilla base that usually starts like Hawaiian Tropic, things like that, is a curiosity scent for deer. So it's not something that's going to alert them to something. Oh, I don't, I don't want a buck that doesn't appreciate a good cigar, all right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, like I said, they may get a whiff of it and be like, Man, that smells pretty good. I don't know what that is. I'm gonna go walk over there and see what that might be, and then uh, he you know, sticks his head in the blind. Hey, look, man, catch this around. just I, isn't working for I, me. I, this is just too fruity. It's not you. It's me. They, ca- they, ca- <laughs> they, they catch around, and it's all good. So uh, it works. But this one, uh, yeah, you should give it a shot. I, I think I mean, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. order some today. Well, can we get it local? Whatever it is, you need to do it because apparently I'll give you the full story when we come back from break. But uh, Georgia man just passed away Uh, from a tick bite. And anything that can keep those things off of you, I'm all for it, including fire. Uh, We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Hang on. Hang on. Tell you what, Vince, I'll do you a solid. I'll sacrifice one of my sister's bottles because I, I bought two of the uh, bottles uh, for the uh, the four ounces, and then I bought one of the uh, the big yard guardy, the farm guard one, which is basically the same formula. Right. So I'll just I'll slide you one. Oh of those man, you all right. And that and way, smell like Hawaiian Tropic all day. That way you can try it out and uh, go walk around in the mangroves like uh, your Tarzan and nothing will bother you. You can be out there and go, look at me. 
Yep. Nothing is eating me. God, that'd be so amazing to be out there and not have to worry about the freaking little. Ugh. Your your boy Justin should have a bottle of that on the boat. Uh, you know what? I'm sure he's listening, so I'm sure he's gonna be like, "Hey, uh, can you bring that today?" Because, uh, <laughs> you know, the story behind it is the gentleman who started this company. I will tell you this. Uh, you know, they don't pay us, they don't endorse us or anything like that. But, you know, he started and he's down there around. Uh, I think it's a Fort Myers, right? Sanibel Captiva, like the noceum capital of the world. Clearest yeah. blue waters in all of Florida. And his restaurant is right there on the water across from a canal. And, of course, what's over there, mangroves? What's in mangroves? No every every noceum in the world. So his customers were complaining that, you know, the bugs were carrying them away. Well, screens don't stop noceums. Uh, nope. You know, they stop mosquitoes and other big giant critters. But so he started uh, supplying, like Bill George said, skin so soft, things like that, that people could, you know, maybe psychologically put it on and be like, oh, yeah, this is helping, you know, whatever. But when he was on vacation, he noticed that in this certain island that he was at, they were out there and there were no no seams, no bugs, no mosquitoes. And he asked the people, he said, why are there no bugs on the island? They go, oh, there's bugs on the island, but not as long as these trees are all around here. He said, what do you mean? He said, these are neem trees, and they're natural pesticide inside of it that keeps all the bugs away. So he came back and did a little experimenting and found out that neem oil is like one of the top bug scarer awayers on the planet. So he started trying to make it and did a formula of it where it smelled kind of nice and with lemongrass and coconut and all this other stuff. And next thing you know, people were going, do you sell this? Do you, do you, do you sell this? Because he only made it for his customers to be able to That's use. That's a pretty smart idea. And uh, the big killer was when a lady from Sweden had uh, bought a little bottle of it. He decided to sell it and took it back to Sweden, and she started putting it on her horse. To keep the flies and all the stuff off of her horse. And, and she, she, she ordered a case of it. Holy crap. And so it basically started uh, the company, and now he's doing it for uh, farms, big giant dairy farms and that cattle farms and uh, people and everything else like that. So so why don't we have neem trees everywhere in Florida? I do not know. <laughs> I do not <laughs> My know. God. They're tropical. We have enough invasive species. Let's not add any of Yeah, well, but let's bring one that's going to do some good. Maybe you could you know plant one in your backyard or something, and that way you uh, where you do your picnicking or wherever it is your Just barbecue. Just plant more citrus. Citrus has great deterrent for bugs. Nah, it's got greening, man. Every bro, all, I, I mean, we had orange trees and grapefruit trees in our backyard, gone, man. and it, it didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I mean, do anything in my hood. Didn't do anything over there. On the always water. worked for me. Yeah, because you're out in the middle of nowhere. I was right across from, I was on a canal, mangroves. I was on Lake Seminole. Yeah, so the canal and the the mangroves are right across the way. Yeah, those orange grapefruit trees didn't do jack. Dude, we had the best banana trees, though, on the pond. (laughs) Oh, my God, we'd walk the the edge of the pond to get to the banana trees. It was beautiful. Just bouncing Mm. off every guardrail this morning, aren't we there, Ms. George? Bill's over there sleeping. He's like, no, no, I'm over there. My my son's giving me the update on turkeys. Oh, Another yeah. long beard was was in the area. Some hens. So I mean, I didn't want to throw your boy under the bus, but what did he take a poke at that turkey with? What did he shoot at him with? Well, well last night he, I had given him a Winchester Six Super X two earlier in the season with that, but last night it, when he came by, I gave him. The 870 with the EOTech on it, because that's a pretty easy sight to do. But I don't know how you mess that up. But okay, what with the same shot? 
with the same uh, number sixes? Is that number what six? Doing? Long beard. Yeah. Three and a half ma- inch mag. Maybe you should have got him a uh, four ten with a little bit of a uh, TSS. Yeah. No. This uh, if he gets too close with that gun, you're in trouble because it's tight. I mean, it's it's fourteen fifteen yards. It's no bigger than a golf ball. Yeah, it's a ball. How many yards was the turkey away from the truck? I, I don't. Oh, 75 <laughs> yards from the truck. I told him that's where the bird was, so uh, he, he evidently listened. Did uh, my boy Jeremy call you this week? He was going to try to yes, run out. And, uh, well, he called me the other day. I gave him advice of where I had just seen a gobbler, and he was going to. I think he was going to go out on Tuesday this week. I, di- I didn't get a report back, but I had told him where I had seen a gobbler, just hours a- ahead of time. I think so. uh, I did get a text from him, and I think he said nothing but hens. That's all he got was just a bunch of chicks out there running around. So uh, I don't know why there would be nothing but hens and no gobbler this time of year. Maybe Gobbler's looking for a different hen. I He's <laughs> been with those hens. <laughs> He's already done. I'm moving on. Sounds so. like Vince. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, but uh, there's still some. I wasn't uh, going there for Vince. There's still a lot of, uh, <laughs> lot of uh, turkeys to be had. We still have time. When's no. the end of turkey season officially? We, we start? have this weekend and next weekend. Next weekend is going to be the end of the season. Right. And uh, it, there's a lot of opportunity out there. I had a friend out there on a special opportunity hunt last week or early, yeah, earlier this week. And uh, he went to go hunt, and the one day, all of a sudden, swift mud come rolling in, all the equipment. Here they are on a four-day hunt. These are four-day turkey hunts, and they come rolling special in. Special opportunity hunt? Is that what you said? Special opportunity yeah. hunt. And here they come rolling in to do controlled burns right in the middle of his hunt, right where he was going to be hunting. I know that's a bad thing for him, but it's a good thing in the long run for everybody. Oh, it, it it's good for the forest. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like the fact that they burn a lot during turkey season. Um, and, and But it, it does help. It really helps rejuvenate this, the, the woods. The it's turkeys, spring. a lot of the turkeys will renest. I think we probably burn a little bit too heavy in this couple weeks here. But that's just my opinion. I, um, well, it's the only th- it's between the rainy season coming up, and it's not too cold, and you don't have that huge north wind coming out. Uh, you know where things are kind of stalled out a little bit. It's a, it, I hate to say it, but it's the perfect time to do it. Yeah, and 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 that is the problem. Is it is the perfect time, and when the conditions are right to burn, they got to you got to take it. You, you got to take that opportunity. With the humidity's right and everything, keep everything it's down. It's humidity. It's the wind. It's the temperature. It, it's it's crazy. The the formula they go through to try and find op- optimal time to burn because they want it to burn fast enough that it really doesn't sit there too long and and devastate some some other trees, but. Good enough to get all that underbrush done. And get those pine trees, uh, burn off some of that pollen and everything else that was left on the trees. But I had gotten a call from Alan yesterday, and Alan uh, was out turkey hunting, and one of the areas was freshly burnt, still smoldering. And I said, don't be afraid of it. Them turkeys are still right there. Yeah, they'll be back. And we have a... A lot of people who are extremely successful, even in fresh burns, it kills a lot of the bugs and, you know, kills the ticks and everything else. 
but grasshoppers, everything else, man, those turkeys walk right on through picking up roasted grasshoppers. <laughs> they got, they got <laughs> the eyes for They're it. They're nice and crunchy. I don't have to chase that one. Plus, if you if uh, about a week or so passes and you get those fresh sprigs uh, starting to pop up everywhere, then uh, they'll be back. Yeah. Uh, they'll be back there scratching and doing all that other kind of stuff. The, They'll use that ash to their own benefit, too. They'll get out there and roll in it. They'll dust in it. They'll do all that kind of stuff yeah. to get all the bugs the and mites. And is not afraid of a burn. The no. only thing I warned him about is, and it happened to us years ago, you go through walking through a place that's been burned and all of a sudden the wind picks up, it could light back on fire again. If it's been out there and it's smoldering, all of a sudden that wind shifts, picks up a little bit, and that could be a free-ranging fire again and you're walking through it yeah so well uh, like i said i when we were talking a week week or so ago how bad the tick uh population is getting up there in your old neck of the woods up in pennsylvania that uh, you know i asked about the, the burns that they do up there and stuff and i'm sure it's far and few between up there with so much farmland and things going on there you know you can't burn up you know farmer johnson's whatever he's got stubble out there for whatever but um, up in Georgia, there was a gentleman who just uh, passed away from complications from a uh, disease that he got from a tick up there. And they say that in Georgia, it's still it's kind of relatively new there, that they're just now starting to see it pop up there. Um, it's that uh, the, that nasty uh, from the Lone Star tick, they call it that because it has a little white dot on the back. I don't know how many of those things I've pulled off of me before. Yeah. And, uh I remember as a kid, they'd always say that those were the ones you always had to watch out for. The ones that have the little white dot on the back of them, uh, they seem to be one of the prize carriers of, of born illnesses. This uh, virus was first identified up in Missouri in 2009, and so far they've had more than uh, 50 cases uh, stretching from Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. And the only ticks that, that carry this are the ones they call the Lone Star. And uh, you really have to be very leery of those things. If you're out there messing around, especially turkey season, when you got all the spring that has sprung, everything is out trying to make babies, try to find places to live, all that stuff, and ticks are doing no different. They're just there's, as, there's they're just as eager. There's different parts of the state here. They were having lots of issues with their turkeys being covered with ticks. And that, that's, that's so nutty. I mean, you would think that those critters themselves would be able to take them off. Pay out, pick them off each other at least. Hey, Vince. I love you like a brother, but hang on a second. You got something on your neck. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> God, don't worry about it. We're all good. But uh, they did a sample up there about these uh, these ticks up there in Georgia, and they sampled 10,000 of them. And out of the 10,000, 2,000 of them were carrying the heartland virus is what they call it. So it's spreading, and I know a lot of people listening go up to Georgia to hunt. So kind of goes hand-in-hand hand what we were talking about. Please be precautions. Get yourself some bodyguard, pyrethrum, deep, whatever it is you're going to do. Fire. Tuck your pant legs into your boots uh, or your socks or whatever it is. And, and this uh, is why I stay out of the water. Oh, you know what? 
<laughs> this is why I'm on the water. We're going to talk about the water. You can get them in the yard. Yeah, we're going to talk about the water when we come back from break. All right. Steve Austin and I had this conversation this past week, and I wanted to bring it up on the show. All right, let's do it. All right, we're the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Great dealers. Go Hornady see him today. continues to build and enhance the Precision Hunter lineup. Welcome back, everybody. A quick little uh, fast cast for you there uh, out on the uh, day. If you're going to go spend your day out on the water, it'd be a good day to do it. We've got light winds today, about 5 to 10 miles an hour, coming out of the south southwest. It's going to be a partly cloudy day with a stray shower and thunderstorm inland for the most part. All in all, it's going to be a pretty good day. It's going to be a 10 out of 10 if you're going to be out there in the sun. So make sure you uh, take precautions to be out there tonight if you're going to go do some Night fishing, be a good night for it. It's going to be light winds out of there, about 72 degrees. It's going to be a little humid, but uh, what do you expect? You live in Florida. Okay? Just get over it. It's all good. It's all good. So I made a mention that uh, I had my AC kick on this past week, and I uh, saw the amount of water that came pumping out of my uh, uh, little drain tubey thing or whatever it is that goes into the garden there by the front door over there off to the side. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, holy moly, man. You just don't realize how much water is in the atmosphere. <laughs> we do not have a water shortage if we could just get dehumidifiers everywhere and just suck it out of the air. We could flush our own toilets all day. Uh, Steve Austin and I had a very uh, brief conversation over the phone, you know, for me and Steve, probably about an hour. But um, it was so funny <laughs> because we were talking about um, – uh, the things out in the woods. We were talking about some things that'll get you and that kind of thing. And then he was bringing up uh, the the water in the ocean and why he doesn't swim in the ocean. He, he was never a big fan of, you know, getting out in the water. And he says, after I watched this little special thing the other day or whatever it was, <laughs> I have no reason whatsoever to be in the water. And uh, you know, my son is a kind of like Steve's son was. He's a big. Uh, fan of sharks and you know reads a lot about them and all that stuff especially since he spends a lot of time in the water he wants to know behaviors and all that stuff and he he's thoroughly convinced that there are still megalodons in the ocean what he's yeah he's like dad well he remembers when he had one as a pet you know years and years and millennia ago my son's only 14 i'm sorry i thought we were still talking about steve austin pay attention to the show damn it wake up Uh, so (laughs) he's like he's like oh i know and then Steve goes and tells me, you know, all the, you know, did you see the video with the guy that was on the sailboat and saw the one that came by? And, oh, I know what it was. We were talking about the fact that B wants to talk about uh, maybe being an underwater welder. And Steve was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you know what's underneath that water? Have you seen the stuff that now with all these new cameras and the new technologies that we have? The one in particular is the one where it shows the one on the bottom floor where the shark swims by. Oh, I've seen that one. And they estimated it to be anywhere between 50 and 60 feet. Yeah, it could have been a whale shark. Not that deep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and its tail, it had a different tail. Uh, when they saw the tail kick up the mud or whatever it was, they were like, that's no, definitely not a whale shark or a basking or these other ones. They they right. took it out. So that got Steve on a tear about, uh, yeah, you know, the megalodons. And I told him that B still believes in them. And then he was telling me about Brunson. And he goes... He found a bunch of megalodon teeth uh, on a dive when they were filming one of the shows up there, uh, where the river meets the the Atlantic, and uh, then he was telling me that you know we've only explored maybe three percent of our our oceans 
So we really don't know what's down. We don't know what's down there. But if there was a megalodon out, there wouldn't be any smaller sharks. Yes, there would. What? You think? What? Well, what, what's a megalodon going to eat? What? Well, we what we thing is that? we got on the discussion of the the big giant female that was tagged and had the tracking dealie thing on it, and it was off the coast of Mexico, New Zealand, or well, wherever well, it is. There where, was, where, there's another one there too. Yeah. Yeah, but this one got chased. This one got chased by something. They could tell by its erratic behavior, and it went down to like two thousand feet underwater, and then all of a sudden, boop! They lost the signal. But the way it was diving and moving erratically and all this other stuff. It, it was running from something. It was running from something. So they eventually found the device that was attached to it, and it washed up on a shore like a week or two later, fully intact, which means that the thing that ate it basically ate this 2,000-pound great white shark in maybe one or two bites. That's a big animal. So <laughs> I don't know what eats a 2,000-pound great white shark, one of the, you know, apex predators in the ocean in one or two bites unless it's something that's twice as big or i mean i don't i'm not doubting there i don't i don't know if there's a megalodon out there but i know there are some very large sharks they they got one off of off of mexico you saw that video was it big blue or whatever it was called if there was a bunch of piranhas they just take a whole bunch of little bites and eat right around that thing <laughs> all righty, Bill. It doesn't have to be one big Car- bite. Cartilage and all. You know, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move around it and leave nothing but some shiny bones floating no, down I mean, to the bottom I, of the ocean. Yeah, I, I, big Blue is a big, big shark. I don't know about a megalodon. I've, I mean, do they exist? I, it's like the Loch Ness monster, maybe. But you don't know. That's the that's the unknown part of it. And the video evidence that is coming out, like Steve brought up, was the fact that. You have all this new technology. We only have three percent of it that we even know about. We we we've mapped the 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 floor of the ocean pretty much successfully, but what's between the top and the bottom, we really don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know how many discoveries are made every single year of uh, some new octopus they didn't know existed, or some new uh, shrimp. There's things or, that we thought were extinct aren't extinct. There's oh yeah, those things. Oh, oh the lungfish. It's right. it's been uh, it's been off the earth well, for a thousand years. But to my point though, a, a megalodon. What's it going to eat? He's going to eat anything the, the, at once. Exactly. Whales. <laughs> why? Why? I mean, there's plenty of things that feed on whales. You have. Now, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't see a 300 foot shark. I. I that. That's. I'm not, say, I'm not saying a 300-foot shark. Well, that just did, the video you're playing. They're saying that at the extreme length would be one. Dude, if you've, you've got something out there that eats everything. I mean, if you're in the ocean, you look at it, something has to eat a whale. It ain't just crabs once it dies and lays on the bottom of the ocean. You know what I'm saying? Well, the sharks do. They get pieces of it and pieces of it, but something had to kill that thing off the bat in the first place. Illness, age. Okay, all right, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's wrapped Eskimos. up into it. Eskimos. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that's I. I mean, I can see that being that's a big, that's a big shark. That right there is that's a photoshopped. Huge shark. I, well, I, I don't know, but I don't rule anything in or out. I haven't seen one, haven't heard one, haven't seen an account of one. But like, like you say, there's so much we do not know about the ocean. Well, I, I just look at it this way. And uh, as this, to uh, Steve Austin's point was, you know, now the military is acknowledging that there are UFOs that they don't explain, that they don't know and all that stuff. And how many years have that been messing around? People have been seeing it and they're like, oh, you're crazy. Oh, there's Mr. UFO guy, you know, Mr. Crazy, crazy out there. 
And then uh, you, you see the videos of these ones where these creatures are swimming uh, by in the ocean, and you're going, oh, okay, that is, that is a monstrously huge creature. And it's not something that is photoshopped. It's not. So, I mean, you can pretty much tell on a lot of these ones, but some of them are candid ones. Like from uh, there's the one that you were just looking at, where right. it was an operation where it was a rescue, and uh, this thing swims by, and it is not a great white. It's, no, it's, it's a big. It's, it's big. It's about three times, if not larger, than a great white. So that was filmed by the United States Coast Guard. And they're like, what is that thing there, rescue swimmer? Get in the water. No, I think I'm good. Just lower the cable thing down. I, I mean, I know there are large, large, large sharks out there. I just don't know. I just, uh, What's, uh, the, what's t- the season and bag limit on them? I don't know. We haven't, we haven't come to that point yet. Bring it up, bring it up at the meeting. Say, we're going to go do some megalodon I think I think if you get one megalodon, it would be one in a lifetime because it's going to last you for a pretty long time. And how are you gonna, what are you going to catch it on? I don't know. Six-pound test. <laughs> okay, Bill. <laughs> that would be an IGAF record that would stand for there till the earth blows up. There's no way you're going to beat that. And, and, and with the internet today, it is so hard to, I mean, some of these Photoshop garbage and pictures. And oh, yeah. You don't know what to believe and not believe. I'm sure. But, uh, you know, one of the ones that Steve was referring to was the fact that a uh, nuclear submarine was actually attacked by something underneath the uh, ocean and uh, you would think that okay what's going to attack a nuclear submarine and to come to find out when they <laughs> when they did surface that it was uh, apparently a, a monster squid one of the giant squids that lives down in the ocean now, i believe those are still there yeah but the, there's evidence of those yeah. now what eats those besides sperm whales is that it i guess megalodons <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else out there i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I told Steve, I said, you know, growing up as a kid, the only thing we had to worry about was stepping on the stingray, uh, sea urchin, no. or uh, when the man of wars would get blown off course and would end up on the beach. That was about the only things we had to really worry no, that's, about. That's what was in your realm of concern. Exactly. Yeah. Because you were out living life. Now you're sitting on the couch saying, man, I wonder if a megalodon's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, get off the couch, go put your feet in the water. Look, you know if what? I go by shark, I go by shark. I mean, I'm doing what I love. You know what's really sad is I know for a fact that there's generations of people who've been uh, totally, uh, I'm gonna say, like ruined by you know, like movies like Jaws and things like that. I had friends of mine that we'd be out offshore. Now, you know. Me, JJ, it gets hot, it's humid, it's nasty. We're going over the side, bro. We're out. Oh, yeah. Seasick. All the time. We're 10 miles. Seasick, get in the water. Yeah, 10 miles or so offshore. Bagoosh. We're out. We're swimming around, you know, messing around, doing all that stuff. I had friends that would would go boom in the water. And right back out. Bam! Scramble out. Like, literally, they were, like Bill George said, piranhas snapping at their feet. Okay, I'm done! It is an odd feeling when you're 10, 20, 30 miles offshore and you're in the water and you can't see the bottom you don't know what's underneath you and then you feel this swim by <laughs> what it's, it's no big deal i mean if you're gonna get hit you're gonna get hit oh of course you can get hit in two foot of water or 20 foot of water there, it doesn't were, time, matter. there were times where we'd be out swimming around the boat and you kind of stay in the shade of the boat or you know around the bow hang off the front your feet are dangling and somebody in the back goes hey 
there's a barracuda coming in through the back, man. You might want to keep your eye. I'm like, ah, barracuda. Yeah, I'm not worried about barracuda. They, they, you know, they scare me more than anything else under any. Yeah, day. but they only scare you because of their teeth. If they, if you the, didn't see their teeth, they no, wouldn't it, be. No, it was their teeth and a shiny necklace that was around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> They like but flashy that's a, items. But that's a curiosity thing. And if yeah. it's if it's attached to a big body like yours, they're going to be like, what is that? I'm, I'm not, not saying sure. I ever got hit by one. I'm saying that scared me more than the shark did. My uh, my father used to tell me about his adventures uh, spearfishing off the oil rigs off of the coast of Louisiana and Texas. And he wore this big bull of a dive watch that had a Bill, silver Bill. face on it. And he would actually uh, sit there and get up in the shadows of the he'd get up in the shadows of the leg of the oil rig, but he'd stick his arm out into the sunlight and do what Bill George said. He would just sit there and flash his watch around like this and watch the barracuda flick it around and flick it around, and the barracudas would come in within shooting range and squeak. There's a nice gobbler on that uh, cam, but I don't see I don't see any good spurs on. (laughs) And that's how he would kill barracudas. <laughs> with the trade rack. Yeah, and that's how he would get out there and shoot the big boys. He'd lure them in with his watch and do it that way. You know, I'm, and I'm, I cannot wait till I go out. I, we talked about this on the show, me going out to Louisiana over off of Venice with Captain Justin. I can't, I, I like to get into the water, but I'm almost a little sketchy. Hey, you're not worried about it. Don't about worry the oil rigs and everything. I don't know, I might. Oil rigs? You know what hang around oil rigs? Mako sharks. Yep. And tigers. You got nothing to worry about. Oh, they're so cute and cuddly. I like a tiger. Guys like to dump stuff off those oil rigs and watch them eat, so yeah, sure. That'd be fun. No, I'm not going in the water. Yeah, you'll be. (laughs) Nope. Gonna take a break. It is Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. Hang on, we got back. We'll be back. Hold on. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Spring Gun, Vince Noble, Bill George, Slick hanging out with you on this Saturday morning. Beautiful Saturday, Saturday. Uh, as you heard in the commercial just before we came back from break, just to let you know, I uh, talked to uh, Doc this past week, and they're blowing out the 2020 uh, line of boats that they had there making yes, room. Yes, sir. So if you want to uh, get a good deal on a boat, Seashea uh, right now has got them out there for like $6,000. That's a great price. You get one. Uh, there's no motor, no trailer, but it's it's the boat. If you get it and you go do that kind of thing for six grand, that's a pretty good deal. And uh, you can go to SeasheaBoats.com uh, and check them out and uh, give him a call. I think there's nine left. Wow. I think there's nine of them left. Um, I know they started... A week or so ago, and I said, oh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it on the show this week. And he's like, well, y'all better hurry up because because uh, <laughs> uh, people are stopping in and they're buying them. It's, and, the words hit the street. And here's and, the best thing, too. You, you Not only using these out on the you know, the Gulf or the intercoastal or inshore, these are also great for some of the lakes, too. Oh, they're awesome for that. I mean, and uh, small enough to be able to move them around and lightweight, as Bill George pointed out, uh, they're super light and 
Uh, you can tow them behind any any small vehicle. We need to get all the rest of these nine and have uh, Panavista Vista buy them and use them for <laughs> the next tournament they got. That'd be nice. That'd be really nice to have them up I mean, there. He's got all those old, those older boats out there. These would be fantastic to put out in Lake Pan. If you don't know anything about them, you need to do yourself a favor and go to seashayboats.com. Uh, That's S-E-A-S-H-E-A boats.com, seashayboats.com. And uh, you got all the information there and... Uh, I don't know which ones he has left of the 2020s. I think he's got. I want to say the the three, the V, the, the not the black ones, the white ones. The, the J390s. J390s, yeah. J390s. Those are nice. They have the little step ups on the back. And yeah, those like are that. actually a nice looking boat. Yeah. And uh, six grand, um, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, for a rigid uh, hull inflatable, that's, that's a good deal. Go look around on the web before you make the phone call, and you will see that that is a really, really good, <laughs> really, really good deal. Yeah, if you know anything about boats, I mean, six grand is nothing for a boat. Yeah. Well, anyway, go check them out, cshayboats.com. Uh, do yourself a favor and get one. My kid wants one in the worst way. He wants the black one, though. He wanted the uh, V360. That's the one he wants because it looks cool. It's cool, Dad. It looks Dad like the, cool. looks like the military one, man. That's the one he likes. Or the FWC one. FWC when yeah. Uh listen, by the way, just to mention, since you brought it up, Panavista Lodge, we have the Panfish Challenge coming up in June. I know it's a few months away, but right now is the time where if you are a hardcore fisherman and you want to stay out there and you want to get a cabin and do all that kind of good stuff, if you want to stay out of Panavista Lodge, you need to make a phone call probably pretty quick. Those cabins go really fast and um if they still have any. If they have any. And then if you want to get a boat, if you want to set a boat aside or maybe get a group of people and get a pontoon boat, you yeah. can do that. He has those pontoon boats, which are real nice, as well as some John boats that they ran out. Yep. So if you don't want to travel with your boat, I know my brother hauled his really big bay boat up there that one year. But uh, you just want to rent a boat, they have they have perfect boats for fishing that lake and if you want to register pre-register you can do that you can just go to uh panavistalodge.com panavista just type it in there uh google search it whatever you need to do and uh talk to jim or kelly veal and uh set your reservation and and uh do it if you of course would like any fishing tournament if you register early it's cheaper and uh it's uh get your name in the slot and that way you know you're all set and ready to go now, when I say this, we're talking about it's per boat. It's not per individual, okay, when I say you register. So if you have a boat and you're going to have five or six people on there, it's not an individual cost of each person. Oh, wow. So if it's, what is it, 25 bucks we charged? $25, yeah. 25 bucks per boat. So if you have your own pontoon boat and you want to show up and you want to put eight people on that bad boy, it's 25 bucks, not 25 bucks a head. Not a bad deal at all. That's why they're expecting over 75 boats this year. <laughs> I think that, I think for the most part, I, what was it? We had 75 registered last year, 72 yeah. been, showed been, up, I think. We've been in the mid 70s the last two years. Right. Which. Is a lot of lot of boats, a lot of people, especially yeah. for that area too. I mean, that area is not a it's it's a big area, but it's not a big area. Well, if you think about a bass tournament, you think about seventy five boats. It's at the most two people per boat, so it's not a lot of people. Whereas if it's seventy five boats and they're uh, pontoon boats, big giant party boats going out there where there's five, six, ten people on each boat, 
Now it turns into a lot of human beings. Well, out I know there, the so. last couple of years I have cooked a lot of sausages <laughs> and a lot, of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of hot dogs and everything. Oh, and yeah. Just we'll have to see if we can get uh, get my brother roped into that deal again. He did a really good job on I it. I worked cooking. with him that year. Yeah. We all did a really good job. We He yes. had a system down, man. Nobody waited in line. It was like bing, bang, boom, done. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. this yeah. last year I even took it and I got – the aluminum foil, and we wrapped each one in aluminum foil and had them in pans. So when they just came up, there was there was pans with it. They just picked up the wrapped up hot dog or sausage, and yeah, because it went. does it does include uh, a lunch there that we usually charge nothing but donations for. Yeah. I mean, if you want to throw in a couple of bucks or a couple of thousand, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Yeah, it's all it all goes to the same. Charity. It all goes to charity. I mean, we're this is one of the few tournaments where the money, all of it that's raised, everything that's donated, everything that's auctioned off, everything that's silent auctioned, and everything else. That money goes out to uh, Everyday Blessings. It goes to the FFA. It goes to everything. It goes. It, it goes. It's a beautiful thing. Nothing stays. The only thing that stays is we may have some leftover buckets or something like that that we'll save up for next year <laughs> to give away, you know, so that we're yeah. ahead of the game. But other than that, uh, the kids show up. They they get a fishing rod. They get a bucket full of stuff that's probably worth twice as much what your entry fee is when it comes to lay uh, baits, lures, line, stuff, yeah. uh, fishing rod, everything else is all included. So when the kids get there, uh, I think we did the first hundred, hundred and something kids uh, got a free ride and all that kind of stuff. So they, you can show up with nothing and basically go out and win a tournament. And depending on how many people we have registered, uh, we'll see what the pot's going to be this year. Last year, I think it was up to what, hundred five hundred bucks for first place, well, the, the and then uh, one twenty for the biggest shell cracker, buck twenty for biggest bluegill. All that is pretty much the same until we have what we call people who like to stir things up. And they say, hey, I want you to increase the prize amount by hex amount. Yep. And, and th there'll be people who give cash donations just to turn around. We add additional uh, levels instead of first, second, third. It may be fourth, fifth. All that all is a lot determined on whether – what and who gives extra money? I can't year. remember what we paid out last year, but I think it was all the way down to like well, last fifth year, or sixth place last or something. Year, you I think it was fifth place. Took a family vacation last year. You was in Louisiana. Yeah, I, that's, I wasn't there. I had to go run down and uh, go hang out with some some kin folk down there in the swamps down there. <laughs> <laughs> Down in Troy Landry, uh, neck of the woods, man. No, I was. I, every time I watch Swamp People, I'm like, you know, uh, Troy, back over in Homa, I'm like, yeah, that's where Shuey is. And back over in uh, Labatry, oh, yeah, that's where Johnny is. And, I mean, it's like driving those old back roads. It's every, I kept waiting to see Troy Landry pass me with a boat or whatever. You said Slidell earlier. I was like, that's where uh, Captain Duvall's at, up yeah. in that area. Slidell, man. Slidell. Yeah. yeah. We had to go get booze in Slidell. But anyway, Panfish Challenge is coming up. It's usually uh, we Father's do it Day weekend, Father's Day weekend, Saturday of Father's Day weekend. We try to make it a day where dads are not going off the deep end, and they get to go out and go do some fishing, and uh, we'll do that uh, so they can go out and hang out with the kids and not have to do nothing. Just Father's Day. Hey, it's Father's Day weekend. Somebody else is doing the cooking, and we're gonna go fishing. So blah blah blah, and maybe win some money and some fabulous prizes. 
But the best part though is is hanging out with everybody. Yeah, it's that's one. I mean, it's such a good time. I I are we, are we going this year? Or what are we doing? I think we're gonna go well, this I'm year. Going. I'm gonna go uh, hang out and uh, see if I can't get out on the water and do something. Maybe I'll have a seashell boat. Maybe you. maybe you'll maybe take your new your son's new John boat up there. Uh, you can leave it there, or we can take my boat up there. That's as far as it'll go. Not your boat? Nah, we won't take my boat up there. Bill George's brother brought his damn bay boat up there. I Did thought he? he was gonna. I thought <laughs> no, he was no, gonna no, dig this... new canals all through the lake. <laughs> that lake that? is shallow. I wouldn't take my boat in there, dude. That's like a twenty-five, twenty-three footer it, or something big. he brought up it's there. Big. Back that bit, that <laughs> thing down the ramp, and I was like. Uh, <laughs> When that thing pulled up in the registration <laughs> line, everybody just stared at it. Like, what is going on here? Mean, I think those uh, those Penn Internationals might be a little overkill for the brim fishing out there. I mean, last time we were out there, we were on the boat, and I'm like, I can, like, reach down and touch the bottom of it. No, you can't. It's I, I think you can. That's the grass. That's just the top of the grass. Yeah. You jump yeah. out of that boat, and it's six feet deep. Yeah. Or, or deeper. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that grass. Uh, it, remember that that water is like bath water. It's crystal clear, so the, all that grass just gets full on all sun. All that sun, and, and uh, you know, just be ready to run but out there. It's going to be uh, a good time. The creek can be shallow. The creek can be real shallow. Depend on how much rain we yeah. get, you know, and all that kind of good stuff. But, but uh, Panda Vista Lodge, if you have not ever been there, it's old Florida. It's been there since you know who was a freshman, and uh, it's a, one of the last places where you can. Just turn your kids loose and let them go and have fun. It's just there's adventures all around. Yes, fire ants and uh, everything else are out there, but not so much. Swimming off the dock, baby. For the few and the brave, yes. Yeah, I did it. I was one. Your brother du- double dog, triple dog dared me. All right, we're going to take a break. Hour number three is right around the corner. It is a big and wild outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be right back. Hang on.